can see what all the fuss is about The beers are good and the vibe is nice With jokes guaranteed to bring tears to your eyes There's a variety of shows and you can choose your favourite We really hope that you can make it So come on down for a beer and laugh We treat our guests better than we treat our staff The beers are chill and the vibe is nice so much fun that you'll want to come twice. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Constructing the Comedy Clubhouse. Constructed the Clubhouse. Constructing the Clubhouse. My <laughs> God. We were we were just talking about the name before the show, and of course I messed it up. It is quite a mouthful. It's a lot of C's. It's it's two of them. Constructing the Clubhouse. Back to back, though. I mean, right next to each other, really. It's alliteration. Mm. We're a very literate show. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Dr. Matthew John Murtha III. Joining me is my co-host, the wonderful John B. Ellis. What is up, world? Pocket of energy, that man. Anyway, it's, it's going to be a fun show. We're, we're doing a video as well. We're going to put this crap on YouTube. We're going to take over the world. Yeah, we're going to get real, real exposure finally. I think people are going to start to take notice. Yes. What's on, what's on your... I don't know, schedule of things to talk about today, John. Well, I wanted to ask you a, a sort of a science question, if that's all right. I know it's yeah. strictly related to constructing the clubhouse. Sure. But I've been thinking about it a lot. So you know this like Dunning-Kruger effect? Uh, I'm going to assume I know it. You're going to assume, okay. Well, for any non-PhD listeners, uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect is basically uh, something that happens when you start to learn about a new subject you realize how much you don't know about the subject you're learning about. So you think you're more stupid about the subject. You don't realize, you don't realize how much you don't know. You don't realize how much you don't know until you start learning about it. So you think you know more about a subject before you start learning about it. And then once you start learning about it, you realize how much you don't know. So you think your opinion of your own intelligence goes down. No, I it's, the opposite, right? Isn't the the Dunning-Kruger effect basically thinking you know more about something than you really know? Yeah. So right. So so like dumb people think that they're really smart. Yes. Yeah. But when you actually know stuff, you realize that you don't know all this stuff. So then you think that you're dumb. Oh, it's like the opposite. The effect. opposite of that. It's the the Cougar Dunning effect. So my thing is like, I think I'm pretty. I think I'm getting dumber every day. I can't remember yeah. stuff. Uh, every single day, I like I learn things that I don't didn't know. I didn't know that I didn't know. Yeah. Does that mean like, is it the dumber that I think I am? Does that actually mean that I'm <laughs> smarter? Is it sort of like the more dumb I think that I like? If I thought I was the dumbest person in the world, does that make me the smartest person in the world? Is there any correlation like that, or am I just grasping at straws? Um, no, you're not grasping at straws. I don't think that this is like a, an empirically verified anything. But it's good. It shows some humility. And, and I mean, I think that there's like probably some general correctness to it. The more you know, the more you don't, the more you realize you don't know. That right. kind of thing. That's why when I talk about science, I have the hardest time. And I think a lot of real researchers do too, because the, wor the world is probabilities, right? They're like, there's very few statements that are universally 100% whole cloth true. Yeah. And so... A scientist will, they hedge everything. They say, well, in this condition, under these circumstances, da, 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 da. And I think that like that timidness holds me back. Yeah. You know? People, people 
want someone that knows is one hundred percent sure that they're right. Yeah, people that are one hundred percent sure that they're one hundred percent right are usually really dumb people, or they're just basically lying, or they're just like politicians will put on an act and be like, "No, this is definitely the way to do it." Yeah, because that's the way to get votes. But I trust someone way more if they're like, "I think this is true, but there's a twenty percent chance I'm wrong." You know. Well, I I probably trust them more if they're like, "No, this is true," and they just come in, you know, dick swinging. Yeah, human nature. It's a hundred percent human nature. I mean, that's like Donald Trump in a nutshell, right? Mm -hmm. He walks in and he's like, "Yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to build a wall, whatever." And everyone's like, "Cool." He sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Where Where did this come up? What did you learn that made you feel dumb? Uh, just everything. Like the guy. <laughs> I feel dumb pretty much all the time. The guy delivered kegs today, and I had to be like, "Well, can can, can you do it? Can you just uh. like connect them?" Uh, I don't know. There's all sorts of stuff. Did you have any desire to learn how to connect them? Mm, yeah, but I, I'd prefer to ask someone like Wendy. Okay. So I guess the other thing is I realized that a lot of my friends think that I'm dumb, not just because we're starting a comedy club in the middle of a <laughs> pandemic, uh, but like people will come in and they'll be like, oh, what was it? like I'll get suggestions like, hey, you guys should start a Facebook page. Oh my God. It was like... You didn't think that I'd thought of that? Yeah. You thought that you were having a helpful suggestion by saying that. How it's it take, how much of your patience does it take up not to like just give them shit? I want to, yeah, I want to just snap at everyone all oh, the time. And man. they're not really sort of doing that Wow, much. Facebook. Oh, that's such yeah. a good idea. Oh my God. Yeah. Ah, yeah. No, I'll definitely take a look at that. Yeah, you should. The one yesterday was you should change the Wi-Fi password so it's not so complicated. <laughs> it's like, yeah, obviously that's what we're gonna do. I was thinking about that today. I, the number one thing that has gotten me frustrated is when people tell us things like that, and they don't realize that there's a priority list. Yeah, that we don't have, uh, you know, just infinite time and resources. And, you know, cause I was talking to some other showrunners and they're like, well, you guys don't have like a sound guy. You're not paying for this. You're not doing that. I'm like, we've been open six days. Yeah. Just, just wait, man. Just like, wait. well, let us, let us get the toilet paper filled and then. Yeah. Can... And, and the Wi-Fi was like, we finally got, I thought we got it really, really quick. And then the day we got, I had so many people just <laughs> whinging about how the password was too yeah. long. It was like, just let me just do it. And then. I don't know. No soft openings for us anymore. After this, it's got to be like hard opening, everything ready. Well, yeah, 100%. we should have spent should have spent two months preparing everything perfectly. Yep. Uh, but it's going well, right? It's going. Man, I think it's yeah. I want to say smashing. Uh, realistically, it's not been smashing because we're not sold out of everything every every day. But you know, on the weekends, we've had we've had the place full. We've sold our first allotment of booze. Um, yeah, we sold, sold everything. We ran out of the kegs on, um, Friday and then, or on Saturday, we ran into the second one. And then on Sunday, we just sold all the other beer that we had. I can't believe uh, you got rid of all the bottles. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane, man. I was, I was stoked. Yeah. So, and like people are doing comedy. We've been, there's been some writing sessions going on here that have been very productive. I, th I think it's a success. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, there's still not a lot of time to do that, the writing stuff for us or for, for me, I'm feeling, but mm -hmm. uh, I can I can see that we will have the time and it'll be good. Yeah. No, I've gotten, I've written some sketches, I think. We had a nice brainstorm last week. I know I, I rewrote some and I wrote a new one, da, da, da. I, I don't know. I'm getting stuff done. I have been so fucking busy, though, that I it makes me angry. Like I spend most of my day angry that I don't have a nice big eight hour block 
in which to do nothing. Yeah. I was so spoiled by unemployment for the last two years that like now I'm really frustrated working an, a normal shift. Right. You feel like you feel like you deserve that extra time. Mm. Um, I get it. I get it. Although I think if I, I don't know, I was kind of bored just sitting, I was doing a lot of sitting around before this and, and. I like sitting around. You like sitting around? Oh man. Yeah. Hours of YouTube. Yeah. Maybe I just ran out of YouTube, ran out of podcasts, ran out of TV shows. Impossible. It has to be impossible. Or I just don't find, I just don't find them and end up watching the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. I, did I ask you this last week? What's the most inane, boring YouTube you've ever watched? Oh, dude, this is the Age of Empires stream. Oh, right. Watched. By the way, shout out to T90, my boy. Uh, my boy. Just watched Hidden Cup over this weekend. It was dope, but it's it's insanely boring. And the only reason I watch it is that basically to go to sleep, but he's sort of got a nice voice and I like it. But it's yeah, it's just professionals playing a, a 20-year-old game and I love it. All right. Mine was opening pennies. I told yeah, you this. Yeah, you told me about this. They had, some dude rocks up with like I had like $40 worth of rolled pennies, which is a lot of freaking pennies. Mm -hmm. And he just goes through them one by one, finding, trying to find rare ones. You can create a job for yourself just doing something so dumb these days. You just have to think of like a, a dumb, like this guy opens pennies for a living. Uh, well, I think it's, I, man, I think it's amazing. And like it's it's regular people that yeah. are like finding fame for sure on YouTube, and and it's all because they're really passionate, and it's a niche thing. Like you know, you know the the model of entertainment fifty years ago, it was like three movie studios in L.A. and they were making stuff for pretty much almost the entire world. Mm -hmm. And they're like you talk about gatekeeping, that was like the ultimate gatekeepers. And now, like it, because because everything is open, like. You don't have to appeal to a gigantic audience. If you, somebody, you know, one of our uh, resident pro comedians told me, he's like, all you need is a thousand hardcore fans, 1000 hardcore fans, and you've got a career. Right. So th this, this is, a, so is there a niche for everyone? I guess is my question. Cause I was talking with some people about <clears> this the other day and, and they were like, yeah, I just, I just have to find my audience. I don't think my audience is in Barcelona. And no. it's kind of like, well, there's no guarantee that it exists, right? Yeah. People assume that there's some group of people. So is there a group of people that will like you no matter how bad you are? We're going to test this, man. Hardcore, we're going to test it because, and the re I like that you framed it. Like, I don't know who you're talking to, but my, so I want to make this science talk show, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I expect to be able to find enough people that want science news online, online to, to like it. Yeah. But I want to produce it and show it in front of a live audience. And I'm not sure there's enough people here in Barcelona that want to see a live science talk show. Right, or at least we'll give you the reaction that you're looking for yeah. once, once they are there. So my plan is to like ply them with free drinks and you know, pony back, pony back? Piggyback. Piggyback on uh, somebody else's successful show. Yeah, I think that's I think that's how we should do a lot of filming is we'll just do like a gong show and then at the end be like, stick around if you want, we'll give you a free glass of kava and we're going to film this thing. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, the filming stuff, we've, I filmed myself doing five minutes on yesterday uh, and it was great. It was just having everything here was so easy and it was, yeah, streamlined. Yeah, I'm pretty just excited to be able to leave the computer for streaming here too. Mm -hmm. We need a little cart that we can lock. Yeah. Put everything in and out. Something like that. 
that's what I want to work on this week. I want to I want to try and get a lot of stuff streaming on Twitch, like my boy T ninety T ninety. Yeah, that seems cool. Have you ever interacted with T ninety? I've tried, you know, I've tried, but um, it's just you have to get behind the paywall, and and I haven't. Oh no, you didn't pay for it. Well, I, I think I got I think I got a free subscription because I'm with Amazon Prime, so I'm like I'm subscribed. But it's really like a lot of people watch. It's like a hundred thousand people watching some of these tournaments, you know. So it's people just chatting all the time. It's not they don't have. Yeah, I hate those. I've seen like recordings of YouTube. I don't know chats or whatever. They move too fast for anybody to really. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the obnoxious troll. There's. Yeah, everyone's just kind of yelling into an empty space that no one sees. Yeah. But they don't seem to realize that they're, they're happy enough. I don't know, but it, so going back to the you know finding your audience. You only need a thousand people. We're going to, this is like, I'm, I've staked my life on this essentially. Like my whole plan is that I'm going to find success doing this shit online. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to have a, a career. You've got a really good niche, <clears throat> you know? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. In, in theory, in theory, I've seen, I've seen a bunch of beautiful ladies build up very large Twitter followings, uh, based, you know, on the idea that there's scientists talking. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's unfortunate that that's the way it goes. And if they can do it, so can I, right? <laughs> so what if I don't have cute selfies? Like? It's, it's impossible to find the audience. Like you can believe the audience exists, but actually reaching them is tricky. So we had these two French shows over, over yeah. in theory, we had these French shows over the weekend, which I know there's an audience for in Barcelona. There's so many French people. These are like two professional comedians that are coming over would have absolutely killed doing a show. And I'm spending money on Facebook advertising, but no one even sees that they're happening. didn't get any reservations. Unfortunately had to cancel the shows, which is a little embarrassing, not too embarrassing, but it was, it was okay. You didn't have to tell anybody. Didn't have to tell anyone that I canceled the shows. Yeah, I guess I guess I could have just pretended they were a wild success. Hey, John, tell me about those really successful French shows you had dude, over the weekend. This guy Sofian Etai absolutely killed. Right? Yeah. Uh, every single person that was in the room died. Literally died of laughter during both shows. Actually, I've never seen so many ambulances outside a comedy show. They were just carting away bodies. There was uh, there was one for every audience member. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was nuts. By the way, there'll be a memorial. <laughs> <laughs> memorial next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe it's the 12, 12.30 show as well. Um, a lot of people have been commenting. There's a sort of quite a big psychological difference between 12.30 and 1 o'clock. Like 1 o'clock feels like the afternoon. 12.30 feels like morning. All right. Fucking babies. Wusses. Wake up. Get your comedy. But we've only got two more weeks of this, yeah. They say, yeah, shit. that's the good news we've had recently that in, in after Easter, supposedly we can open nights and that'd be amazing. We've had, I, I had the, uh, the head of the neighbors association swing by yesterday. What a nerve wracking. Yeah. Cause you know, that person's just like a nerd as well. Right? Yep. You know that they're just like, they were the one person that had so much spare time that they decided to like become president of that association. And then they like complaining about stuff. Cause that's their job. They were the, the hall monitor in yeah. school. You know that they are. I wanted to give them a wedgie. I did, but uh, I tried to, tried to be nice. And I, I think I pulled off being nice. And I, and I will say, I think, I think we got off on the right foot, uh, yes. which is cool. 
Yeah, because that was that was a, a concern that we had for sure. But we're basically giving all of the all the neighbors free drinks. Yeah, <laughs> they come in. Uh, we had someone pop in before from Venezuela. Just today, a very nice lady, Carolina from Venezuela. She's actually a video editor. Uh, so we're sort of in touch with her and. Who knows? What was she saying about that? Like she does movies though, like proper. Big yeah, time she editing, was like, right? "I'm an editor of of Sydney." I can't send her some Instagram things and. Well, I don't can know. you make a fart sound? Because she was also like, I came to Barcelona in the middle of, and then like COVID hit, and there hasn't been any work, and then she's like, just been taking kind of any work. There is lots of. That's the other thing I've, I've known. Lots of people coming in and asking for like bar work or yeah. this or that. The other thing. Oh, do you want to talk some shit today? It's not shit. How did we had we had not quite a guest bartender, but we had somebody help out over the weekend. Yeah. How did you like that? Um, he there, there was like he had to justify doing work, right? So so he he was like the second half of the show. I was like more than willing to bartend. I was there. Yeah. I was kind of gonna do it anyway. He's like, no, no, don't worry. Like I got this, and he's like putting away bottles and stuff. And I was like, cool. It was actually nice for me to uh, be able to relax and and just chill out with everyone. Um, but. It wasn't strictly necessary for the for the size of the place. He was overly helpful. Yeah. Oh man. That's people being over. Dude, this girl last night. She was hanging out in the bar. She, she, I don't know. If she, I don't want to say annoying, but kind of annoying. She like went behind the bar to like pick a song, and it's like I've just met you. You can't. We're in Barcelona. You can't be standing next to the cash box behind the bar. That's not yeah. okay. And then I went to like close up, so I sort of kicked her out, and then I went to shut the shutters. And I got it most of the way down. And then you have to use your foot to do the last part, which I know she doesn't know. And she jumps in just where I'm about to put my foot and starts trying to pull it down <laughs> herself. I was like, get out of the way. You're not who is helping. this girl? Who was it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, she was new. I mean, she just kind of arrived. Is she taking a she shot? Came. Sounds like uh, she, she liked you, Johnny boy. Yeah, maybe. But it's just, I think it's like too many cooks in the kitchen. There's lots of people trying to be helpful and often it's not. Yeah. Some people are really good at, at seeing what needs to be done and doing it. Like Victor's good at this, I would say. You know, yeah, he's he's been so helpful Harris to us. Too, and I Harris, think. people. Some people see like what you are doing, and then realize the stuff that you're not doing that needs to be done. And other people see what you are doing, and then try and do the same thing that you're <laughs> doing. And it's like, don't. That's. Or they tell you how to do that one thing better. Yeah, you're gonna make it more difficult, and you're gonna piss me off the whole yep. time. Yeah, I I mean I don't know. So I liked I liked the guy who helped us out over the weekend, and mm -hmm. for the most part, it was it was fine. What do you? you know, he was doing, but he's looking for work. And so he was like trying to prove himself. And he's like, oh, I can do this and this. I was like, yeah, but we don't need you to. Yeah. And I just think if we're going to hire a bartender, we want, I don't uh, know if this is sexist, but we want a hot girl that can make it is sexist. all of the cocktails and that can serve all the drinks and can like kick people out of shit. Like, I don't want to have to think about any. Do you already have somebody in mind? No. Okay. No, no. You're like, that sounds good. It does sound nice. I think it, I think it we're at least a month away from thinking about that. To be honest, that's good. Uh, I was I was afraid that you were six months away. Like on my walk over here today, I was like, God, oh, fuck this shit, man. We we've got to hire somebody that's, as yeah. quick as possible. We're two weeks in, and Matt is sick. I'm serving out. people drinks. That part is fun. I really like I really like that. Um, I just I don't like having to be here all the time. Yeah. I need a little bit more freedom, I think. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, we can, I mean, we can just take more days off as well. Like we can take, like, you don't need to be here today, really. Yeah. No offense. Uh, 
So we could both take, you know, three days off between Monday and Friday. I don't know if that works maths wise, but like, yeah, maybe we could, we, I could take Monday and Tuesday off and you could take Wednesday and Thursday off and that would be fine. I like our Mondays though, John. It's nice to have a quiet day where you and I can catch up on just, and like, it really is just like, kind of like everything, like just making sure the the ship is still steady. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the days I don't give a crap about. Mm -hmm. I like being behind the bar. Me too. Me too. That's kind of how I am. If I have people over at my house or or whatever, I I like to. You know what I like most about it? What? Is uh, if anybody's talking to you, you have, you always have an excuse to walk away. you can just walk away. It's so nice. It is so nice. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. Because if you're running a show at a bar someone else is running, you'll often get trapped into conversations with people afterwards. Yep. I find that actually, and being behind the bar, I have more patience for people's stories now too. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that would be. It's uh, it's not efficient for us to have the neighbors come in and have a drink, right? Like, it's no. it's good, and I want them to do that. But like this lady that came in before, like she comes and she hangs out for like forty five minutes, and we both stop what we're doing. We have to like clean up everything. You did. Else. You did. Well, I didn't. Yeah, I, well, I kept trucking. You kept trucking. Yeah, I, I was thinking like that time for me is probably more valuable if I'm like figuring out how to work Facebook ads or something else, mm. you know, instead of earning like a euro. Uh, but whatever, yeah. just a thought. You want to be closed during the, the day? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't think that makes, I, I think in terms of, I think there's an intangible benefit to allowing neighbors to pop in and, and, and having drinks with them and that kind of thing. Yeah. But there's, it doesn't have a financial reward at all, especially for not charging no. them. Yeah. <laughs> No, but it's good. I like, and it's fun to be neighborly. Mm-hmm. Where to, when we switch to nights, what do you, I don't know. How do you, how do you see that working? Uh, I'm, I've got a lot of other stuff that I, I should have been working on uh, and haven't. Uh, I, I sell barcodes. I have a business that sell bar, sells barcodes. So my plan is to come here at the same time, like open it, open-ish at 12. I've been doing this thing where I like I open, but I leave the shutter like half down. So yeah. it's like, if someone knows that we're running the place and it's like a friend, they can pop in. But if it's anyone else, they'll probably see it and right. just be like, nah. Uh, so I'm going to come and probably do a few hours work until maybe three o'clock on other stuff and then start thinking about writing sessions, shows, uh, whatever we can do to fill up the rest of the time. When do you see people come into the bar? Five to 10, that kind of deal? Yeah, uh, well, they're talking about opening up till 10 o'clock. Uh, probably do a show starting at 7. So 7 to seven to 9 is probably good. Um, and then maybe we could do a show starting at 5 or something. I'm not sure extending to 10 actually gives us the freedom to do two shows, though. So it might have to be two shows on the weekends. It depends on the shows. If you, I mean, if you yeah, squeeze them back into an hour, mm-hmm. you can pop two. For sure. Oh, something like this. You know, we're doing this comedy course that Chris Groves is is teaching and they're going to do a show afterwards. So, that I mean, that can be in an earlier time slot. But they don't have to organize that show, didn't we? I thought we decided to put that before Mike and Victor's mic on Tuesdays. Yeah, we could do as well. Uh, I think, don't, yeah. It's uh, way better so that Chris can focus on teaching that we have somebody else run the mic after. Cool. And then it's... And especially if it's a, like a truly open mic, then then his students can can walk on. But like, see, sure. 
you know, see what a mic is supposed to see. Yeah, like. I mean, look, I was envisioning it more as just like them standing up in front of each other and, and doing it in like a performance space so they can feel yeah. what it's like to be on stage. But, but that's not. what the class is for. I think mm. I think after after the class, have a real mic and let them do time if they want. Yeah. I'm looking forward to doing your course as well, to be honest. I think that I think I'm really excited for that. I need a kick in the ass when it comes to writing and producing and doing stuff. Man, that's going to be the the only thing I'm dreading is like, I, I don't know why, but I, I really care about appearances or like, why do you dress like that then? No, you know what I mean though? Like what other people think. So with this, you're I, worried about the, um, the fucking, you, the, you know, the kind of elitist comedian mm -hmm. that is going to be like, well, what does that guy know about that topic? Why is he doing that workshop? And I just want to tell the world, like, I'm not, I'm not like putting myself as a expert in this. We're going to work through a book together. Yeah. And I don't know why I care so much, you know? It's also like, I mean, you are an expert in terms of Barcelona comedy. You're not, obviously you haven't been doing comedy forever and you're not like a super expert, but in terms of what's going on here, you do have valuable knowledge to, to share with people. I would imagine I haven't I heard any of it, but. Appreciated. I, I, I mean, I can help. I know how to write some jokes, but I, yeah, I'm just dreading yeah. it. Well, you're really concerned about, uh, yeah. What other showrunners might think as well in terms of like, whether we're just money grabbing or something like that. That too. Yeah. Um, which neither of us are planning on. I don't think either of us are planning no. on getting rich from this. If we, did, <laughs> if we did, that'd be yet another terrible decision that we've made. Yeah, but the so the workshop for anybody, for our million listeners, mm -hmm. hi mom, uh, it's gonna be we're gonna work through a, a book called Writing Comedy for Late Night TV, and it's written by a guy named Joe Bentley, I think, and um, it's just got so this guy he wrote he he was there when David David Letterman started the Late Show, okay, and then he um, I mean so then he went from. NBC to ABC, no, NBC to CBS with Dave Letterman. Then he left. Letterman worked for Conan and for Jay Leno and for uh, fuck, pretty much all the guys on Late Night. So he's got like real stories. Done stuff, yeah. Yeah. A lot of the, I don't, a lot of the other comedy books that I have are written by people I've never heard of who've never had a comedy job that you've ever heard of. Yeah. You know? Well, it's the same people that do the comedy courses usually. Like the guys running comedy courses are not the ones making money out of comedy itself, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually that's that's true of everything, right? If mm -hmm. those who can do, those who can't teach, it's property investment seminars yeah. are the biggest scam. You go and you pay money to hear some guy tell you about how he got rich out of doing property stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and he's getting rich out of you. I don't know. Yep. So anyway, this book seems great. The guy that wrote it, I'm impressed by. I'm going to email his publisher and like DM him on Twitter to see if I can get him to talk to the class. Mm -hmm. And also, I want to find other people who have written for Late Night and see if they can just drop in and shoot the shit with us. Yeah, that would be amazing. But uh, I haven't broken it out yet, figure out what the syllabus is. But the way the book's organized is that – so a Late Night TV show has like a, a – a number of like really predictable and like pieces mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's the opening monologue, then there's what's called a desk piece. And then there's like field pieces. 
Um, and I, I think we'll probably take a day for each, each type. Cool. And I'm, you know, I'm producing my science talk show at the same time. So I'll be coming with plenty of material on that and like yeah, suggestions wanna, for, uh, yeah. for writing that. You want to start a writing farm. I get it. Absolutely. I get it. And it's 100%. smart. It's smart. And the, the real trick is going to be to figure out how to get people to do that online over Zoom with me. Mm -hmm. That's my that's my next goal. Yeah, they have to feature. That's the thing that like get people to interact online, but then they have to kind of. They don't have to feature. It's it's strange. There's a lot of people out there that want to write comedy and they don't want to be on stage at all. You yeah. know, uh, Merrick here in, in Barcelona pops to mind. But I yeah. met this guy from Cleveland who's also very interested in that. Those are the people I, I need to find. Then I need to teach them how to write stuff that will help me. Mm -hmm. Then I have to perform it well and then hope some people on YouTube like it. That's the plan. Yep. And then I'll roll in millions of dollars, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just watching, uh, no, there was some article about some stupid YouTuber who's 24 and has like a $19 million house who said something offensive and now is being talked about again. It just gets more publicity, right? Like yeah. It's just like more people are... I like if I if anyone ever tries to cancel me, that's how I know I've made it. You know. Well, I was so cynically. I thought like, you know, they were talking. To, there was like gossip vlogs or gossip YouTube channels, mm -hmm. and I was like, man, I wonder if I'm gonna have to like pull some sort of stunt to get these people to complain about me, so that the 17 year olds will know about my show. Yeah, yeah. We just need people picketing outside. So let's plan. I, this seems kind of let's let's plan our own cancellation. Yeah. Yeah. Let's I want to get canceled for something that is like objectively not bad, but looks bad. Right. Like I want to be uh, what is it? Neil Brennan has that that ser series of things that sound racist, but aren't. Yeah. Like if you say, oh, I love 12 years a slave. I want to I want to be canceled for one of those. Yeah. Cool. Or something that's so feminist, uh, but sounds completely bad. Yeah. Uh, well, I I kind of think of that with like the free the nipple thing. Like as a guy, like as a feminist, <laughs> you can be totally into the free the nipple movement. But as a guy, especially a straight guy, you can't be like, dude, we need to get more nipples on Instagram. Hey, like, hey, we can... should see some nipples here. <laughs> Come on. I don't know who's against it, right? Who's who's the guy that's stopping nipples being available on Instagram? I don't, don't like him. We should cancel him. Yes. Yeah. Let's find that guy. What other, I like that. What other things can we be feminist about that will piss people off? Uh, I thought of one the other day and I, it's not going to come to me until after we stop recording. Well, we'll think on it. We'll, we'll come up with something and then we can plan Dr. Matthew Murtha's cancellation. We can yeah. release some uh, breaking news. Dr. Matt gets canceled. Oh, it'll be good. We'll have we'll a little memorial. To, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, memorialize your comedy career. Hopefully we'll make it the big thing in the in the scene here. Be like, oh, are you going to the cancellation? It's going to be great. Yeah, that'll be cool. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today, Johnny Boy. Hey, this was fun. It was very fun. We got to get some guests on here. Yeah, I was going to have that French guy, and in the end it was like, no. Nah. He ended up killing so much they put him in jail. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad. It's too bad. Well, this week at the Comedy Club, we've got a full slate of shows, the Comedy Clubhouse. Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Tuesday, we have the Cowboy Open Mic that's now called uh, The Sunday. Only Professionals Doing New Material at 
12.45 p.m. For a comedian. There's new jokes. Yeah. It's a very long and lovely name. Wednesday is the magic hour. Mm-hmm. Which was fantastic last week, I yeah. to say. How cool is that that we actually like had a guy stop by the store? He did a double take when he saw the magic sign on our window. Yeah. And was like, what? He had been messaged by Harris already and then saw the same thing Harris messaged him on the door. Oh, it yeah? Was just, it was one of those magical moments. I just, I, it was so funny because, uh, you know, we had a bunch of magicians come in and they're all wearing the vest. They are all. You can pick out a magician, man. They just. The vest and rings. They all oh have so many God. rings on their fingers. Is, yeah. Oh, I just, I, I, I'm excited for the, the first time we get a magician wearing eyeliner. Like that's, mm. it's going to happen. We'll know up. that we, we've matured when we get that. Oh my God. And that poor guy, we were hanging out after the show and he, we are talking about like writing different that. And he tries to do a trick on us and we're all like, yeah, that was very out of nowhere. Um, like on the one hand, I'm like, oh, he's practicing his art. I support that. On the other, I'm like, what the fuck are you like? Come it on, was, man. It was super like, stop the conversation so that I can do this. Yeah. And we were having a writing session that had nothing to do with him. And he, he was just kind of hanging out, Wait, which is, it, it was fine. I mean, it, yeah, it's just. But it'd be like us like hanging out in conversation and then making sure everybody else stops so that we can go into like a very hacky material. Try it. Well, some comedians do that, right? You mean, and this is what more experienced comedians get annoyed about by new comedians because they'll often be like trying out bits but passing them off in conversation. And I think you get to a stage oh, I think everybody it's just does like, that. yeah. I, I always feel super self-conscious. I hate it when the conversation goes over territory that I have a bit on. Because yeah. part of me is like, ooh, I have a funny thing I can say about that. The other part of me is like, uh, this is also practice. And then if there's a third per- or you know, if there's somebody there who knows it's a bit, then I get all sorts of... Yeah, I think every now and again you can say I've got a bit about this. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a nice way to preface it. Mm-hmm. All right. So that was Thursday. No, Thursday we have the midday mirth. Midday mirth with Marnie Manning. Yep. Gonna be a nice show. I'm on it. I didn't make the cut. I can't believe it. I thought running a comedy club would be enough. You you might you, you might want to put your foot down on that one. Uh no, I'll take the day off. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you should. All right. And then Friday we got Bomb Shelter. Fun lineup. Victor, <laughs> no, John again. John, you want a spot on Bomb yeah, Shelter? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, okay. Thanks. Uh, we needed a woman. So John, Victor, Mike Rice, 2 o'clock. Uh, Kobe, hopefully, uh, Mila. Yep. And Harris. Should be amazing. Saturday, Dorothy Gone Wild is going to sell out this week. So if you're listening, I'd buy your tickets right away. Yeah. Uh, 2 o'clock on Saturday. And then Sunday, we've got an epic open mic uh, called Sunday Funday which was fantastic yesterday and will be good again. Uh, Thanks to Phil and Victor. Fantastic. All right, guys, this has been Constructing the Clubhouse. Uh, Be sure to tune in next week, same time, same channel. Go ahead and uh, assault the like button. I don't know, uh, keister the bell (laughs) and do some sort of unspeakable act to the subscription thing, right? That's what they... Okay. The producer is telling me I did an amazing job today. That was good. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Cheers. Hey, Matt, where can we find you on social media? Oh, well, you can find me uh, at drmatthewmirtha.com. There's no .com in it. And I'm uh, at John Ellis Comedy, Ellis with an A-L-L-I-S. Yeah. And what about the clubhouse? Uh, The Comedy Clubhouse, BCN, on Instagram. At the Comedy Clubhouse, BCN. Mm Mm-hmm. Excellent.